how to approach social media in the workplace in a way that you won't get fired for something you've posted. Then I want to introduce you to the power of employee advocacy. So if you are in a social media management position, you might be able to rally the people who work for the organization to help spread the word. I think it is important we talk about freedom of speech because inevitably, someone who finds themselves in trouble for something they've posted on social media might quickly claim that they have freedom of speech to say what they want. And while that may be true, we have to remember that freedom of speech means you have the freedom to give your opinion without fear of consequences from the government. That freedom does not extend to private employers, so employers do have the ability to regulate some speech. In fact, in some cases, employers are required to regulate speech. For example, if it is discovered that someone is creating a hostile work environment, by posting things to social media, they can be fired for those posts. The same is true for sexual harassment and discrimination on social media. So after claiming freedom of speech, the next argument is, I said it on my own time, not on company time. This isn't a bad approach to some circumstances because when a post was made can make a difference. However, this wouldn't be true to post promoting violence, discrimination, and or sexual harassment. Typically, if you find yourself making what would have formerly been a water cooler chat about work on social media, you won't really find yourself in much or any trouble. So that might be comments about the work being busy or hard, maybe even something about not having enough vacation time or discussing a particular decision by management that you wouldn't particularly agree with. That would also be fine. In these circumstances, at worst, you might be in gray areas. However, when you cross the line into saying things that can be discriminatory or violent, you become a liability for the company and you might no longer represent the values the company espouses. And in these moments, you are likely to be fired for what you are posting on social media. So I wanna cover a few examples. First, there was a Canadian employee that was fired from an American company after posting the following tweet. What kind of multi-billion dollar company gifts its Canadian employees barbecue sauce as a holiday gift, yet the U.S. employees stuff their face with an actual holiday gift box? Then the employee tagged the company. This seemingly small infraction resulted in disciplinary action. The CEO said that the company policy about acceptable standards of conduct is given to every employee and posted on the company website. The company did face some backlash from customers when firing the employee after they posted this online, but the CEO stated that the barbecue sauce and grill scraper sets that the Canadian workers received was worth $27 each, while the U.S. workers received a, a different gift. The value of the package was the same. In the past, all workers received the same gift, but customs regulations changed. So the operations in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico were given a budget, and each of those received a gift sourced from their respective country. So whether or not the firing was fair or right, it was legal. Here's another example. A 24-year-old who worked for a plus-size retailer posted, Conquering the world, 
one well-dressed fat lady at a time. Her shifts were suspended until she edited her post, which she did, but she was later fired by the district manager for the content because they didn't like the word fat being used in conjunction with the brand. Later, the fired employee posted, or I'm fat, I always have fat on my body, and that will never change, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being fat. I'm okay with not hiding behind euphemisms like curvy or shapely. I refuse to let a three-letter word define the course of my life or how loud my voice is. So after reading about the story, customers began leaving comments on the company's Facebook page saying she did not deserve to be fired. The company admitted to making a mistake and wrote in response, we we took the word fat out of its context and were afraid that it might offend our customers and employees. However, we believe that anyone should use whatever words they are comfortable with when describing themselves and whatever makes them feel empowered. They offered her job back, which she declined by saying, I feel that in light of what has happened, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to return. I don't feel that I'll be shopping there anymore either. The company has made it pretty clear that they don't have a place for voices like mine or for people like me. Another example is a woman who was set to start a new job at a daycare when she posted, I start my new job today, but I absolutely hate working at daycare, dot, 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 LOL, it's all good. I just really hate being around a lot of kids. Her post was then shared in a yard sale group on Facebook that had thousands of followers. The post made it back to the new employer who, unsurprisingly, rescinded the job offer. And then finally, and more locally in 2015 and 2016, a student at the University of Tulsa was suspended after their fiance made a post that was considered harassment and then tagged them in it. The student was expelled for post, not that they made, but that they were tagged in, which opened up a serious conversation about whether or not someone could be responsible for someone else's actions. The student sued the university and according to court records, the case is still pending. The outcome of the case could set an interesting precedent for future social media lawsuits. So let's talk about workplace best practices. Combine, complaining about your employer, acting in a way that is counter to the mission of the organization you work for, and even something as simple as calling in sick and then posting pictures that indicate that you weren't in fact sick could all lead to trouble in the workplace. So it's important to remember that if you work in an at-will state like Oklahoma, your social media could cost you your job, even if the employer never states that it was your social media that led to the firing. So how do we not get fired when it comes to social media? One, sometimes you might find it better not to mention or list your employer on social media sites. Obviously, this isn't possible on sites like LinkedIn, and if you have a LinkedIn, it can be fairly simple to connect someone on Instagram with a little research to their place of employment. Two, you have to remember that social media is a public space and not a private journal. Just because you've implemented all the privacy features on your account, there isn't anything stopping someone who is following you from taking a screenshot of your content and sharing it elsewhere. Three, Carefully read your employee handbook. Know what is and isn't acceptable social media activity during the workday. It could be your social media activity that gets you fired, but not the content that you posted, especially if this was happening during the workday. 
Be careful of sharing work information. Sharing trade secrets, customer lists, or patient information could all result in termination because you violated privacy, confidentiality agreements, or even HIPAA. Five, if a company believes that an employee is poorly representing the company with lewd, drunken, or otherwise inappropriate pictures or content, an employer may choose to sever the relationship with the employee rather than risk tainting the business's reputation. And six, people make comments that social media can be sanitized and therefore fake, but I would recommend you looking at this a bit differently and that when you post that you are presenting your best self because it is a public platform and you may be looking for jobs and you don't want to be in a place where the things you post are preventing you from professional advancement. That being said, you can be honest and you can share your life's achievements and even disappointments authentically, but I would refrain from posting on your feed and in your comments when you are experiencing extreme emotions like anger, because it could give people a false impression of who you are as a person. It's important you also know your rights as an employee, and they can be different state by state and obviously different in other countries. But currently, there is no federal law about employers requiring social media passwords and usernames to personal accounts. But that is not true at the state level. For example, in Oklahoma, House Bill 2372, Oklahoma prohibits employers from requesting or requiring access to personal social media accounts, and it was signed into law in 2014. Some laws, including the Oklahoma law, state that as a condition of employment, you cannot be required to friend a boss or someone at the company for the purpose of allowing the employer to observe the comments of those accounts. The National Labor Relations Act protects the rights of employees to act together to address conditions at work with or without a union. This protection extends to certain work-related conversations conducted on social media, such as on Facebook and Twitter. Generally, this allows employees to discuss and criticize their employer when it relates to working conditions, employment policies, and decisions while talking with other workers. This is because it's legal for employees to band together in order to improve their pay and working conditions. There are two main points regarding the National Labor Relations Act and social media. One, employer policies should not be so sweeping that they prohibit the kinds of activity protected by the federal labor law, such as discussion of wages or working conditions among employees. And then two, an employee's comments on social media are generally not protected if they are mere gripes and not made in relation to group activity among employees. Typically, an employee cannot be terminated for whistleblowing. If the employee is making the post to announce that the employer is conducting illegal activity or if he or she is acknowledged in being involved in a process to fight against discrimination, the employee may be protected by whistleblower or anti-retaliation statutes. Some states do not allow employers to terminate employees for activities that they engage in during their own time so long as those activities are legal. Other states protect the political beliefs of employees by prohibiting employers to discipline employees for making political statements. The main objective here is just to know whatever the laws are in your state, whatever the policies are for your company, and do your best to 
to post and to exist on social media within those appropriate boundaries. So now I want to shift to a more positive perspective of social media in the workplace, and that is employee advocacy. It's important to note that not all things with social media are troublesome in the workplace. In fact, it can be a really powerful tool to have an engaged workforce with the company. And a good way to engage the workforce on social media is by using employee advocacy tools. Simply put, employee advocacy is the promotion of an organization by its staff members. Employees can recommend products and services or nonprofits to their friends and family. They can be the biggest cheerleaders for a brand and giving them additional tools to increase their effectiveness. So here are some benefits. One, you can increase organic reach by training the staff on the benefits of engaging with content through liking, commenting, and sharing. This works really well for organizations where employees are excited about the mission, which is very common for places like nonprofits. You could even create leaderboards to design a friendly competition for employees who choose to engage on social media. Two, employees are trusted and their messages are effective. Sprout Social posted a study that found that brand messages get reshared 24 times more frequently when shared by employees versus the brand. And customers referred by an advocate have a 37% higher retention rate. And then finally, some employees just like being involved. Nearly 86% of employee advocates say being involved in social media has positively impacted their careers. So how do we get our workforce involved on social media. There are several tools available and I haven't had a chance to use all of them personally. However, I have found that they do have some neat features if your department has a budget to support this type of software. One of the neatest tools that could probably help improve your employee advocacy is some type of point system or leaderboard. One organization that offers this tool is Everyone Social, and what they can do is uh, attribute points to desired actions, such as making comments and then giving bonuses for events like additional engagements from their friends, commenting or sharing. Hootsuite offers a similar leaderboard, but by my understanding, there's fewer customization options for points. Really, their leaderboard is just measuring who is sharing the most and who is getting the most engagement. Sprout Social has a resource called Bamboo, and they position it as an internal communications tool in addition to an employee advocacy tool. There's several more, more tools that offer a variations of the same selling points. These platforms go by a variety of names like Sociable, Smart, Dynamic Social, and Social Chorus. I found it difficult to land any price ranges for these types of tools, so obviously cost could limit your ability to invest in them. Some of the benefits are that it could streamline your some of the benefits are that it could streamline your employee communications with the right tool, not just your employee advocacy objectives. It could also be a way to find more advocates if you're in the nonprofit sector, which could be a new way to engage volunteers and donors. So here's my approach, and it's a bit different and it wouldn't necessarily use a tool at least to get started. So maybe you're working for a company that doesn't have the dollars to invest in an employee advocacy tool, or maybe they don't believe it'll be successful enough to warrant the money that it would cost to have one. So it doesn't mean that you can't incorporate some sort of training opportunity for the staff to teach them not just how, but why engaging with the company on social media is helpful. 
So you can build an employee advocacy landing page on a website that is regularly updated with new content for the employees to engage with and or send notification emails to the staff when you want them to engage online. The way you might measure the success of a platform like this is by measuring the average engagement on post before deploying an employee advocacy strategy and after the advocacy strategy without making any shifts to your current social media plan. It's going to be hard in this scenario to account for all the variables. So the bigger the sample, the better. Engagement rate is also effective maybe more so because it accounts for the engagement on posts based on follower account. So in this way, engagement rate might control for the variation and an increase in the number of followers that happens naturally over time. Next, you might measure one type of post. So for example, we have program promotion post. So we might measure five or six different program promotion posts before deploying the employee advocacy strategy and then afterward. We might do this for several types of posts. So the first time is program promotions, the second type is support groups, and the third type is podcast promotions. Again, we measure the performance both before and after implementing the strategy so we can determine if there is any change. With this approach, it would either be time intensive or just impossible to build the leaderboard feature. So you would lose the gamification capabilities offered by other tools, but you might have a low cost solution to proving the worth of an employee advocacy program. I've spent time this week thinking about how employee advocacy could be helpful tool across departments. For example, at Mental Health Association Oklahoma, I think we could easily use an internal communications tool that was streamlined for the administration teams like HR and IT. I also think we could use it to rally advocates for our public advocacy departments. We could also use it to engage our communities. And we could encourage our employees to like, comment, and share on our social media post. Social media is a part of the workplace. I think that is a simple fact. Some of our workplaces use it more than others. And I think if we're strategic in our approaches to social media in the workplace, it can be helpful to companies and it can be helpful to our careers. 